I'm Stuart Friesen, and you're listening to the Always Race Day podcast. I was a bouncing in and laughing as we rolled down an old dirt road. Daddy looking in his rear view, hoping that we just hang What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 105 of the Always Race Day podcast presented by the Carl Auto Group. I'm Connor Ferguson. Uh, you're about to hear from Caleb and Josh, uh, as well as Damon later on in the show. Uh, and we do have a special guest today. Uh, Logan Schuhart is joining us uh, during the middle segment. I recorded all of these out of order. Uh, Damon is last. Uh, behind Logan, and uh, we'll open up with Caleb and Josh here in a second. Uh, I did promise a, a good quippy ad read for the Carl Auto Group. I don't have one. Oh, Caleb, boo. do you want to do it? No, that's a lot of pressure for something I'm not ready for. <laughs> uh, yeah. Special thanks to the Carl Auto Group. Um, their cars are always clean. And you're just they're my fresh the cleanest, the cleanest. They, yeah, they're the, they're cleanest. the cleanest. They're not just always clean. <clears throat> they give you some some good rolling cars. You know that they're gonna. If you want run the out Big good. Twelve basketball of cleanliness when you purchase a car, go to the Carlotto Group. Brett Moffat would go to Carlotto Group. Oh, you can't bring so it. You we, should already, too. we already got the Brett Moffat rant out of the way in the third second. <laughs> I got really worked up too at like 1.30 in the afternoon, Caleb. You're doing it again. But ours, ours is first. So technically now it's going to be later. I know. So. It's, it's going to sound really awkward to you guys. <laughs> I apologize for – I was explaining Damon to Damon uh, about the interview I had just done that – he did not hear any of the questions and I was telling him what Logan answered the questions of, and it, it's a mess, but I appreciate you guys listening and uh, thanks a ton for it. I hope to at least make you guys laugh a little bit and hopefully entertain you for a little while. So Josh, Caleb, how are you guys doing? We're doing good. Keeping busy, start the new job tomorrow. So uh, got a lot going on. So you, you guys went on a day before the podcast, right? It was something like that. We, we Why do you keep pr- throwing throwing it out there like that? Come on now. What you, <laughs> it was a, not me. I didn't. I, this is the first time I've referred to it as such. Touche. It was, it was a Caleb. pre pre podcast production meeting, is what it was. A business dinner. Business was talked about. Honestly, uh, talked about pro move not stuff. inviting me because I I don't like I'm not. We, we, wanted can, to stay we on can have track. a meeting, but there will be beer present and uh, a fire is preferred. Uh, yeah, I don't think they, I don't think they like fires in the pizza ranch. Yes, no <laughs> dress codes. <laughs> pizza uh, ranch yeah, I mean, oven, do they not? Uh, I can yeah, tell you there was like no that. dress code. <laughs> That's good. That's good. But never... Business was talked about. So um, I will bill the, the food to always race day for actually just send it straight to Chris. All right. sounds good. That, it was done fast. <laughs> the memo is, uh, we only talked about Arca racing. So oh, we, we get, we gathered some IndyCar. What do you mean? Well, I, mean I kept trying Chris to talk about IndyCar. I kept trying to talk about IndyCar stuff and he would just doze off into some random conversation about country music. <laughs> Hell yes. We're going to start the show <laughs> with NASCAR. Uh, but this main part is almost going to be about Indy, IndyCar the whole time. I mean, we'll just talk and, and see where it goes. I don't really care either way. Uh, me and Damon 
later on talk uh, some NASCAR, some NHRA, uh, and of course the World of Outlaws. We preview the Texas Outlaw Nationals happening this weekend at Devil's Bowl, uh, which is where the World of Outlaws started. Uh, in Logan, me and Logan talk sprint cars, things going on in the industry uh, with the World of Outlaws right now and all that and previewed the weekend. So big weekend coming up from him. You're going to want to listen to that. It's a fun interview. Uh, some fascinating answers to the new tire situation too. So Caleb, uh, we have some penalties to talk about. Yeah, there's been a lot going on in, in the world of NASCAR as far as uh, penalties and um reverse penalties and penalties that are going to be talked about next week and um, a whole bunch of other stuff. So Hendrick right, Motorsports, hold on. you write down what? the next week ones. Cause you're more organized than I am. I don't know about what's coming next week. Yep. So, well, yeah, next week is the colleague appeal and the Hamlin appeal. So, okay. So, so tell me why is the colleague appeal on a different week than the Hendrick one? separate, separate penalty, separate deal. So, I mean, it, it's essentially like just appealed like, at the same time. <clears throat> they did not appeal at the same time, actually. Thank you, Joshua point to Joshua. If we were playing around the horn right now, Josh <laughs> is up seven, nothing. <clears throat> seven points, man. This is like some jank football stuff. That'd be a good ass gimmick. If we were on like a KCWI show. It'd be great. You know, I, I know how to do the <laughs> graphics and stuff. If we were to, you know, do all that. Oh, so. especially if I was the host, dude, the points would make no sense at all. It'd be like an eight hour show too. <laughs> you, you could bring up Brett Moff and you get 25 points. I'm just, just going to have to say 85 points to Josh. He's up 92, nothing now, Caleb. <laughs> a lot of work to um, dig out of that hole. It would be, yeah, it'd be bad. There would be no rhyme or reason to half of it. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so. You know, these, these people, it's, you know, they, they got to schedule it whenever they can meet. And um, so, yeah, next week will be the, the Hamlin appeal and then the colleague appeal. Um, this week we just had Hendricks and they reversed the points. Um, they kept the rest of the suspensions and the fines, um, but they did reverse the points. Um, so now Alex Bowman is at the top of the point standings once again. Got my Alex Bowman racing shirt on, wrapping today. I, I figured you would enjoy hearing that he's up at the top of the points. It's, but uh, yeah, so I think you know NASCAR is pretty upset. They feel like um, that I do have the quote from NASCAR pulled up as well. Yeah, we were talking about that. And, that. and Suarez got fined. 50 grand too. We'll get to that in a sec, but Josh, read that. We are pleased that the national motorsports appeals panel agreed that Hendrick violated the rule book. However, we are disappointed that the entirety of the penalty was not upheld. A points penalty is a strong deterrent that is necessary to govern the garage following rule book violations. And we believe that was an important part of the penalty in this case, moving forward, we will continue to inspect and officiate the NASCAR garage at the highest level of certainty to ensure a fair level playing field for our fans in the entire garage. So I hate to, I hate to agree with them, but like, I kind of agree with them. Like if they, if, if they, why would you hate to? No, I just well, here's my, my like my take from that is NASCAR delivered the penalty. The appeals panel is separate. That's complicated to understand. Basically, you have two bodies of organizations. Um, say one of them is 
the vice president of a fraternity and the other is just a regular member and they get in a fight and they have a separate like panel of other people in the fraternity that aren't affiliated on the big board or whatever and that panel is what's calling the penalty so all the people yelling about nascar's treating hendrick better than everyone else it's a separate like the appeals panel is completely separate from nascar yeah that i mean yeah they're the i, I've I was seen a i was gonna rant like before this and i didn't get the chance <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, I've right. seen a couple comments like that. And yeah, I mean, I, I agree from that standpoint. You can't, because I do think NASCAR treats Hendrick Motorsports differently. Um, but it does, you know, that's a moot point in this case because that's not how it goes. But I will say, it, I agree that NASCAR should be upset because the money and stuff that Hendrick doesn't care about that. I mean, that's neither. I mean, gonna, in the grand scheme of things, does NASCAR? Well, no, but that's the point is NASCAR doesn't care about the money. They don't need the money. Right. It's, 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 it's about, you know, getting Hendrick Motorsports to not do that again. Right. And what I think in, if you want my honest reaction to it, after thinking about it for a bit, like they clearly upheld the crew chief suspensions and the monetary suspensions or fines, I guess. Um, and they took away the points. What I think happened is they said, yeah, they did bend some stuff to make it fit or whatever they might've done. I think that's the case. Tell me if I'm wrong. Reply, please. Um, but in the grand scheme of putting the penalty down, NASCAR put too big of a points fine on those teams and those drivers. And that's why they rescinded that. Well, in the rules, it does say if there's like a, like limited part that is modified, that's not allowed to be modified, whatever you call it, I'm blanking on it. Um, that is the like bare line minimum, like penalty is the points, the money, the suspensions like that is written in the rules that that will be the penalty. Right. So this is, this brings me back to my rant that I was going to do any, I had watched three TikToks at six o'clock and I texted Caleb right away. And I said, I just watched three in a row that all of them were ranting. They were really entertaining rants and I'm all wound up now. So I've just been sitting here stewing, but you remind me of, I was in a fraternity and the amount of freaking meetings that they had me attend. I had a kid walk downstairs. There's five seconds left in a Vikings game. We're about to kick a game-winning field goal. Do you think I want to hear come upstairs for this meeting? And he did not at all like hearing, fuck off, go away. I'll be up in three minutes. What's the, what's the correlation to the story at the I'm moment? getting to that. So you get up there and you're like, okay, um, well, basically uh, this kid flipped the light switch. Uh, and the entire chandelier turned off and then fell off and broke. Um, so we're going to find the kid three and a half thousand dollars. And it's like, yeah, all he did was turn on the lights. And they're like, no, it says right here in the rule book, um, if you do anything to damage the lights, you will pay for it. And it's where I look at him. I'm like, let's have some common sense here. 
rule book, schmule book. We don't really care what the bylaws say because it's case by case basis. You just look at it for the facts. If yeah. motorsports hadn't made the hood fit on the car and went out there without a hood, they'd get yelled at far more than if they had bent it to make it fit. That wasn't what actually I'm being sarcastic at the right. end, but but they did the point still stands. They did they did break the rules. Obviously, like we don't necessarily know the exact situation of that's how much right. it no, affected kinda, their that's the other thing I hate is we don't know like just say black and white. Can you explain to the five-year-old in the room what the hell you're reviewing? So yeah. I forming yeah, opinions I'm, on this. I'd rather have them be transparent, and that's better for other teams figuring out what they can cheat at. I yeah. I mean, we obviously don't know the performance advantage that they gained from it, but clearly Hendrick was had a speed advantage somehow, some way for race two, three, four. So I don't know if that the levers had to do something with that. Well, but, but like Denny Hamlin said on his podcast, uh, he thinks that on like the speedways, Chevys are going to continue to have some sort of advantage. So it'll be interesting, interesting to see if that's overall on the body. I think it is. I think that's some of the changes that were made. Um, I think they're going to continue to still be super fast, but yeah, I, I don't, think you know it's hard to say they have how the much better half of the the dominant manufacturer of the field the best ford team is shr and there's people calling for tony stewart to get out of nascar and just stay in the nhra and i'm like man he has a world of outlaws like, did you just really say stewart haas was better than penske no That's I, the what I was the opposite did i misspeak yeah you said the best ford team is shr that's fair. I did say that. I meant to and I was, say flag. <laughs> I was kind of concerned. That's fair. Too, no, so. Pinsky is better. I wasn't thinking about them. I that really. Wasn't I was like Stuart Haas is fourth, twenty first, twenty eighth, and 29th in the points. That's been the case for the last seventeen years. Kevin Harvick and then everybody else. Sorry, it's yeah. Been- it's always amazing. It's always amazing how one guy can consistently be like that much better than the rest of his team. Kevin, Harvick I mean, I wouldn't was, rule out Kurt Busch being good for them. Yeah, he was. He was good. Um, it, I mean, it's just like recently, just been like, you got one guy who's carrying the ship, and the rest are behind. Um, and now, if Chase Briscoe wins at a road course, things change. Uh, but you got to see it happen, you know. And I love. I mean, if he. If he keeps showing up like he did with Coda speed, like he's not going to win. It's just how it is. I think Coda's just that unique because it's so long, basically. Josh has a dog. Sorry, I got this. Yes, I do. The, the dog just got home, so it jumped up on me. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tough with the Fords because you don't have a ton of big teams running Fords as weird as that sounds like the talented guys are at Penske and the rest of them are kind of left behind. So it's like, if you I mean, the Fords the- are like disadvantaged to the Chevrolets, like, I mean, they're going to be behind the Toyotas too. Yeah. I mean, in my mind, is it really a team deal or is it a driver deal? Cause 
why is Harvick outperforming everyone and these three guys can't? I mean, we've obviously known for a while. Sorry for Ernie. I, sorry for the two Eric Amarola fans mm-hmm. in the world, but Eric Amarola just is not is not it. He's the he's the money team. Um, Priest doesn't have the sponsorship. That, I like that he's getting an, an opportunity. Eric but... Amarola fans. I'm sorry. I gotta stick with you guys. <laughs> you can't. Just... No, <laughs> you can't compare <laughs> Floyd Mayweather. Maybe Rick Ware racing. May, but Eric won New Hampshire. Like that was impressive as shit. I, 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 it like, was hey, impressive. Like, we don't want Cole Custer in this car. We let's hear Caleb's thought on the whole New Hampshire with Eric Amarola thing. No, we don't need to go down the road of Eric Amarola because all I'm going to say on this whole thing. No, 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 no. There's gonna, no all I'm going to say. I'm, no, you're. Th- I'm throwing your ass into the bus this week. I, dude, I owe you so hard for bringing up Danica Patrick on the Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Just won the Daytona 500 podcast. It's the wor- I didn't even realize what was going on for five and a half minutes. <laughs> I, I think every single cup win that Eric Amarola has, has an asterisk behind it. And, um, what's he had? Three, I- two, three, three, Her- because he dumped Austin Dillon, Kurt Busch ran out of gas off of four, and then the top three cars wrecked out and they shortened the race by 10 laps while the Toyota was catching him. I'm sorry that he was going to win New Hampshire either way. That bell was pretty fast. That's the only one. Okay, but like you thought he was going to win New Hampshire if Kyle Busch and and like Martin Truex Jr. didn't die going into (coughs) turn one on lap nine. And here's the thing, like, okay, so that race, Daytona. Dude, like looking back at that, I wish we remember that race better. Cause the, it had so much. Uh, I, I can give you like credit for a, a, a win is a win. If you're getting like a rain shortened race, but then I have a problem when you've only won three and they were all like weird deals. Like then it's like, okay. Kind of like, like Austin Dillon. Yes. Don't do that to the number three. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm not doing it to the car. I'm doing it to the driver. We'll have to do. We'll have to do that during like the bye week or something. Like the top ten drivers you drink a beer with. He'd be on my list. Oh, Is Alex Bowman's gonna be number one for you? Um, he wouldn't be one. Uh, not not because I've done it. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Uh, no boy. I think uh, yeah you're getting thrown under the bus again no i think i think larson or stenhouse might be number one i don't even know who like i don't i, I don't i don't even know if i, I if you force me oh. to have caleb accompany me on the trip i would make it chase elliott and i'd make sure it was seven plus beers here's why the thing. i don't <laughs> I mean, like, suck some personality uh, that's what i'm gonna do josh Fair. I I mean I would gladly <laughs> I would I would gladly see some personality out of him. Here's a good question for you, Caleb. I feel like Noah Gregson would be a good one. Noah Gregson, Gregson would be, be an alright one. one, yeah. Um, listen to some young gravy by the fire. Oh yeah. That'd be awesome. Caleb, uh between mm-hmm. Brett Moffitt, Landon Castle, or Michael Nett. How many beers are you drinking to, and you're, you're trying to attain the highest amount of entertainment 
and the most personality. So with who and how many beers? <clears throat> Caleb's doing math right now. I swear to God. Carry uh, that, no, carry that one. Um, Who'd you say? Annette, Moffat, and Landon? Um, three. Okay, I'll throw Joey Gase in there. I did not mean to be disrespectful to him. The four flagship. I, I'll throw Sammy, Sammy Smith in the year 2026. I was going to say. I put the asterisk on it. Don't worry. We got it. <laughs> um, I, I feel like Landon would be a good one, to be real honest with you. you think, I feel like you think he'd be more entertaining. He's already got the, such a golden touch on Brett Moffitt. I feel like you get to seven beers and it's a drinking competition. And you really get to see the competition side. I don't, you go some weird places with your. I, like. No one ever said Connor's a normal dude. Well, I just like how his mustache is like how I mean, good of a, a telling like, characteristic how of how good he is at drinking beer. I, I, I'm going to stand by my Landon because he's you already got such a unique personality that I would love to see after some beers. That, and that but, is fair. <clears throat> just with, are you, are you trying to webcam? Oh, Jesus, Caleb. <laughs> I can't put this on YouTube now. Uh, did you see the way he spelt his last name, too? Yeah, yeah I know it's wrong. Not, I, I don't even... Everyone knows the joke that Caleb... Caleb, God damn it! I mean, why would you not want to drink beers with this guy? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. See? See, Caleb? They already For those that, that are was, that just listening and not watching, it was a picture of Josh with Brett Moffat and his stash. You're just—I mean, that was that was such a comical. It was such a comical thing because we're literally just walking outside of Knoxville, and we're just kind of casually walking. We just look over and we double take. We're like, "Oh, that's a mustache," and we like this dude sit in the passenger seat of a truck of a pickup truck. We're like, "Oh, that's Brett Moffat," and he gets out of the truck and we're like, "Hey, Brett Moffat." <laughs> Did you call him first and last name the whole time? Yes, yeah. actually. <laughs> Thank you for the picture, Brett Moffat. Good luck tonight, Brett Moffat. <laughs> I think I, I, like that's I, I did. Why I imagine that I do. I did say his full name when I like asked for the pictures. So I do oh, want to say I gave him some motivation before that race mm-hmm. where he was called off, and I'll, I'll rant about that later in the episode. We got that taken care of. <laughs> That he was given that car run of its life. But I've already told the story. The first, I've, I've told too much information about the whole. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Caleb's trying. <laughs> I, to, Caleb's trying I, to get this canceled on YouTube. Yeah, I just love how we just went on this whole like. It took you that story. long to write that? I had to do the extra bold so that y'all could see it. And it's with a like a pencil, so. I swear to God, guys, he was writing for like four minutes. He wrote three words. <laughs> I, was, I was taking my time. Where I fixed we, it, I we were talking about penalties, crossed, weren't we? Yeah, I crossed out the E so you guys yeah. can... <laughs> We fulfilled the Hendrick That's good. Did no eraser on the pencil? Uh, it's really, it's bad. It's a bad eraser. So It's a bad eraser. I can't, I can't remember the last time I really talking about bad, like B-A-D or like B-A-D-D? Like, what do you mean by that? I don't even want to answer that. Like, <laughs> bad. It's bad. Damn, that pencil's kind of bad. <laughs> it's a 
thick eraser with three C's. <laughs> anyway, Daniel Suarez also got a penalty. <laughs> All right, time, That's going on. Time, time out. I want to stick to the Hendrick one real quick. Okay. Oh boy, more rants. No, I just don't think like clearly like however so they find them all 100 points and 10 playoff points right which part of that do you think was too much because that's to me what sticks about sticks out about the overwhelming i don't think it was too much because like we mentioned appeals panel thinks is what i'm trying to tell like i could see 100 points being too much um and if you want to have the debate i will get very tongue-in-cheek about how hendrick motorsports has never wronged anyone I, I, I could see where a hundred points is too much and you could go with like a 50, but, um, I'm not like, I'm not going to fight to the death on like, Oh, it was too much. Like oh, I, I think could, if they I went 50 and no playoff points, it would have been fine. Yeah. I, so, I mean, I, I just, I, yeah, I, I think them getting out kind of scot-free with no penalty essentially on that end is, is unfortunate. I I just think we really need the, or I guess we don't really know the severance of the modifications and what advantage it gave them. So I guess that's the appeal panels, um, best judgment to use. Right. And it kind of goes down to, you know, Hendrick Motorsports says it was a communication thing. And, um, so, you know, if the appeals found that, uh, NASCAR wasn't doing their best job at communicating, um, with like Hendrick and the other teams on it, then, you know, so that, that's some of the stuff that we just may never know on. I'm just curious on why the, or what difference they did with 31 compared to the 16 and why the 31 was caught, but the 16 didn't have the same or similar modifications to it. Because Josh, it's the damn nerdy kids at the fraternity that are walking downstairs and going, don't give a shit about the Minnesota Vikings. We need you up here for a meeting. You broke the rules. And they don't take the time to check. And they don't take the time to have the meetings in a reasonable amount of time. We had the same penalty awarded on the same day with appeals filed within hours of one another. And we can't get them resolved in the same week. Because or AJ Almadega just got badass and says, I don't need any upgrades. If, oh, if least penalizable guy in the whole damn field is AJ Almendinger. They said, yeah, if people like you, we're going to let you be. And then the balls he had to throw the block at Daytona. And then people started the question, but that's just AJ Almendinger. I guarantee he turned around and said, like, have you won at Coda two years around the Xfinity series? Yeah, suck mine. And then that he probably should have won it last year too. Should have won it this year. Not really. Not cop. No, he kind of wasn't really a factor this year. Reddick is really damn. That's what I've taken away from all this. Is he is so damn good. It used to be fun fading my boss. Uh, you, I, you guys don't follow Chris's college football stuff really. Uh, but when he was on the radio, I mean. He would go on a big rant about how he loves the mid-major college football schools and would throw out like, yeah, San Diego State, they're in the CUSA, right? Like that's, love those guys. And they're in the Mountain West, obviously. It's real fans, they know. Uh, But it used to be really fun just fading all his picks and picking against them. He's won like 
two or three of the last Tyler Reddick race wins. And it, it's getting annoying. Just go to a road course and He's be like, claimed Tyler that works. His guy. I, I still don't understand where this out of nowhere, Tyler Reddick, like on road courses has become a thing. Cause it wasn't that he wasn't that dominant in the Xfinity series. Well, here's, here's the thing with that is, I think pretty sure I said something like that on the last show, but no, no you're good. Um, like Austin Hill has won three of the first five Xfinity races, right? We've seen guys do that. We've seen guys dominate. What? What? You're shaking fingers at me. I don't know what. Because I don't remember if it was two or three, but yeah, I guess. three. Yeah, because he won the one Chandler Smith choked with. So uh, he's very clearly winning uh, in super speedways in the Xfinity series. He won two races last year, won this year already out of one. Um, We've seen a lot of guys do that. We've seen plenty of guys do that in the Xfinity series. Um, whether you can do that in cup is a different story. And we've seen guys who haven't dominated in the Xfinity series like Tyler Reddick that have come up in cup and then found a way to get better at it, whether it's in the simulator or what. Um, I know Denny said on this podcast that he watched what Tyler did in the simulator. Uh, and he said it was remarkable how calm he was and he didn't think much of his lap times. And then he looked at Christopher Bell's and he's like, he's way faster than Bell. And then he looked at his and he's like, he's way faster than me. What the hell's going on? And that was this week leading up to the Coda race. So I don't know if Tyler found something in the salmon. That's the end of the story. Uh, but he's fast. He's really, really good. So I pointed out to Josh too, when we were actually watching Coda and it's like, you mentioned how calm he was, but you could tell too, like, for kind of being in that spot. And I mean, not like Reddick's known for this anyway, but like he would slightly overdrive turn one, but like even under pressure, like he didn't make mistakes. He, he was very calm and very like, he was all the confident in the world and, and he just didn't, you know, allow himself to go over that edge. Um, and maybe just cause he knew the car was, you know, fast enough that he didn't need to, but I, um, I, I very much think he knew that it had speed because when he went from row three to the lead into turn one, like that, it says in itself that he was confident that the car was just going to stick by the first two rows. Right. But yeah, I mean, he just, he did not overdrive even, you know, when he did overdrive, I mean, it was like not enough to, you know, it, it still worked out for him. So it was, yeah, it was I probably mean, for the best. Cause he probably would got like completely destroyed if chest, he underdrove it at all. <laughs> Who said that? (laughs) (laughs) We probably got Chastain, so. Glad we got that Uh, in. I didn't even have to say it. That You can't (laughs) take a bingo on your board from me on that one. Nope. I mean, I agree. So the other penalty that we're getting to uh, is Mr. Suarez Suarez got fined 50 grand for his stuff on pit road that we talked about on Sunday. Uh, Ran into... Ross on the way there and then past Ross ran into Alex Bowman. Uh, Bowman gets out of his car and he's like, yeah, you don't need to be mad at me. Like, look at your teammate. Uh, and I, I guess they had a talk and I guess Suarez is usually frustrated with Ross and I can't imagine why I can't put my finger on it. Don on me. Why you'd be frustrated. Is he with Ross Chastain after a race you ran with him? 
he's got to be the first one to be frustrated with Ross Chastain ever, right? I don't, I can't think of any other people that have ever been angry. Caleb, with Ross that was Chastain. a low hanging fruit joke. You can do better than that. <laughs> I, at least, at least not the first. Or at least he was the first one this year, right? Right. <laughs> first one that race, maybe. <laughs> Gosh, you got to go back and listen to someone with Damon. Just there, uh, there's days where we just have teed off. <laughs> that's not been there's there's no emotions hidden I, the code episode last year was probably one of them too oh god i yeah Take it's time. in the past not gonna comment on that but uh no, it, hurt, it hurt it hurt my it hurt my soul to watch that no but i i thought the the suarez penalty was fine 50 50 grand fine um, I, I don't, honestly, I don't know if suspending someone for a week is going to make someone not do it again. Yeah. No, I did see I, there uh, were some people frustrated. There were some what people you're gonna frustrated. Do if you, if you suspend Suarez and that, yeah, it's like, I was reading some tweets and if you suspend Suarez this week, you're going to make Trackhouse go find a new driver. Maybe it's Kimi Raikkonen again. Maybe he can wreck Ryan Blaney uh, just straight up going into a turn blatantly. Uh, so you put a weapon on the track in, in the form of an F1, former F1 driver uh, that drove pay-for-play pay cars his entire career. You put one of those on the track so everyone else's basically race and career are in more danger uh, of ending. Um, than they would be if Daniel Suarez was on the track, which is saying a lot. You're going to get. Are you just like anti-track house right now? I don't like. I don't like either of the guys. Really? I love Justin Marks. I, I love feel like Suarez is such a likable guy. I, I don't think he's the cleanest racer. Just Name an instance. Seen him make a lot uh, the Xfinity Championship that he won. The, with a championship on the line. I think he. Think he cost two cautions in that race. My memory's a blur from that. I know. So. Well, so is mine. There's been a couple of times where I was just like, this guy's not like, why are we talking about this guy so much? It's because he's from Mexico, not like that. Um, but he's like, yeah, you better, you're, you're going to get us canceled. I'm not, no, I'm not <laughs> saying, I'm saying he's one of the international guys. He's going to get talked about just like, Kimmy was talked about just like uh, Jensen Button was talked about. Um, and that's just like, why, why are we like looking at this guy as a prospect? Like, I didn't think he was like, and then the Xfinity championship came and it's like, if I were to pick out one fluke of all the championships that have been won since the one race format was introduced, it'd be Daniel Suarez. But anyways, I'm, I'm glad you say that. My original point. Interesting. Don't even say anything. I know no, where you're no, going no, with this. Are you gonna are you gonna moff it? Are you gonna moff it? Because Brett Moffitt should have to No, he's not. He's not going mm-hmm. to. He's good. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna give an Xfinity driver. You agree? Who in the last couple no 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 who in the last couple years would have a bigger fluke of a championship? A guy who's been around in the top three NASCAR series for a decade and has one win. That would be my biggest fluke. I'm trying to think. Now hold on. He's, dis- he's 
He's it wasn't Zane Smith Hemrick. last year. He was really. It wasn't Ben Rhodes. He proved himself at the press conference. You're thinking wrong series. In, X, in Xfinity. Oh, it's an X. It was it Daniel Suarez. No, no, I'm saying bigger wrong, than Daniel Suarez. Wrong Daniel. Wrong Daniel. He still doesn't know. No, I don't, I'm not. I'm not looking it up. I swear. I. It's pro- Daniel, it's probably because it was. It is kind of forgotten sincerely that it's literally his only win daniel hemrick i think that's a bigger fluke than suarez at least suarez was like one more races and was you know so i'm uh, sorry but <laughs> sad that's... it hurts the soul though hemrick, you might I be right but it hurts the soul hemrick a long time ago he's nice to me i like him He's nice. I, like I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying he's not nice. I'm just saying if we're That's talking about fluke, fluke championships, I think he has to be in the conversation. That's fair. I would put Suarez above his, though, because Daniel's never said anything nice to me. <laughs> My God. I've never talked to him, but he's never said anything nice. <laughs> I feel as though that should count for something. It's just brownie points. That's all. But anyways, back back to the original point, which we've really been trying to hit. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> suspending him for a week doesn't do anything. I you're just I suspending think... a, you're just suspending a guy for a week, and then you're going to have another guy out there. Which you know, who cares? At, I don't even at the end of the day think at, at Richmond suspending him was in the conversation though. It shouldn't have been, in my opinion. You don't I, so? I didn't see anything about it, but... So, I mean, the the theory is if you, if you have a guy mad enough to do that and someone's not expecting it, he could not even be holding the steering wheel and his car could go into an NASCAR official and then something bad could happen. Yeah, but if you're mad enough, and if you're mad enough, you're not thinking about, oh, I could get suspended for this. If you're mad enough... Right. If you're if you're if you're mad enough, you could know you're going to get suspended for it and still do it. So, yeah, I don't think it was worth a suspension. Um, but yeah, I mean, the penalty definitely needed to be given for it. What's I going? I on? noticed that people were mad about the severity of it because they were comparing it to the Ty Gibbs situation which we have talked about a little bit before this but for everyone ty gibbs was docked 25 owner points for his contact with ty gibbs last year with texas and ty was fined was 75 000. Ty, ty gibbs uh, ty dylan ty and ty yeah. but um i did read something that like i know it's not like a i guess an official thing anymore but ty gibbs was on probation for his martinsville incident that was like the week or two prior. So that's why his penalty was severe. So I guess that's kind of what you had to go off of because I'm pretty sure when that incident happened, they were going on at pit road speed. So they were probably 20, 30 miles an hour faster than what Suarez and Bowman were doing. Yeah. And it's never like the most, I'd rather see two guys that have their helmets taken off uh, and just go to fight each other. Harrison Burton, Noah Gregson was the last great NASCAR fight we ever had. Until Caleb calls. Is that really the last one? 
I don't know. Oh, that's what I was the way you like stocked them in the pits or whatever, like in, in the garage. Is that the one you're referring to as with like no, Noah Grace no, they and got some good Noah, Noah and Harrison Burton fought on pit road. Yeah, it was like it was like it was post race and like Noah Gregson to like socked him really good and like I God, yeah. I don't I don't remember where it was at, but I'm pretty sure it was a night race. But I know one of the no, I'm assuming that's race. the one you're referring to. One of the crew members said uh, Noah got the punch on TV, uh, but Harrison was choking him out on top of him on the ground. This is news to me. This happened yeah. about a year ago, and it's news to me. Uh, two years ago. I think. Oh God! I think it might have been. Yeah, it would have been because Harrison Burton was a rookie in the Cup Series last COVID? year. Before COVID, it it would have been two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, that that checks out. No, but Caleb, I wanted to ask you on on your opinion, and then we'll get to IndyCar. Um, if like that, like if that doesn't warrant a suspension, because if you're mad enough, you're going to do it anyways. What's the line to suspend a driver? Uh, that's as I Hawkeye mean, Downs owner. Yeah, what's your opinion? That's tough. Um, I, it's hard to just kind of make up a situation, but I I think if you're if you're physically you know purposely putting people in harm's way um you know that that that's so hard it's hard to come up with a with a specific instance but you know if you're driving your car at somebody if i came or, up if i know. came up with like three or four by the end of the episode would you give me your thoughts yes oh bad all right we'll do that yeah. in the segment yeah um, it's just it's hard to just kind of create something up that would be like Oh, I know it's not very hard. I can do it. <laughs> so I was just happened to be on Twitter and I'm going back to Hendrick appeal, but as many people saw Hamlin, probably tw- you probably saw Hamlin's tweet of when he put hell, I don't even know anymore. I'm assuming it's about the um, appeal being overturned slightly. And about 19 minutes ago, Hamlin tweeted, just as a reminder, I went on a podcast and apparently broke three rules 24 hours later, 50K and 25 points. <laughs> he, so has, clearly he has some point everyone, to it. If you're going to give a guy a penalty for what he says on the podcast, like I, a lot of my buddies are saying Jeff Gluck is losing it on the opinion side, but I just think he's been around enough to call precedence on stuff. It, like... Mm-hmm. You want guys to have personalities. You've been saying that for seven years. And you're giving a guy a penalty for something he said on a podcast. Now, granted, like yeah. what he said was admitting to the fault of what happened. Fucking take the points out of that shit. Don't I, Yeah, I, I think that's one you know, where there's there's a point to really things. To you be. use it in your promotions. I think we we covered that topic, right? Mm-hmm. Marketing side, it's fine. They're free use. But you don't need to start giving competition penalties for the biggest BS, especially to a guy that the entire field hates on the track. I mean, I don't think you can say that. I think I would put Ross Chastain on my list to have beers with so I could get him drunk and ask him why the hell he races like that. Now you guys can mark bingo. 
<laughs> I feel I feel like you would more rather just sock him in the face and he'd just be drunk enough to like forget about it and not remember that you did Actually, do that. I feel like I'd get in a fight with him. Yeah, I'm not, exactly. I'm not a, I mean, I'll run my mouth, but the last thing I want to do is throw a punch at you. As in, okay, like, but I, I your, your inner your inner washed up hockey player is going to come out, and you're just going to like, all right, like, are off. I've been in like one half fight with like a scrum of like four or five people in a hockey game. Uh, I will run the hell out of my mouth. I do not want to fight anybody. And it came Damn, off, one of the boring it came off like players. I was saying I'd kick your ass if I did. And it's like, no, I don't have any experience. I really don't want to fight you. But I will chirp. <laughs> That's good to know. Josh, let's talk some IndyCar. We got Texas on Sunday, right? Let's go. I love I love Texas. Biggest I do. Story line, biggest storyline for you coming in. Biggest storyline. Um, I think honestly, I'm curious to see how Erickson carries this momentum. Um, obviously ran very well at St. Pete. He kind of was in the shadows for a while until his big Indy Indy 500 win. I mean, that's an oval hard to compare the Indy 500 to Texas, but he also ran decently good at Iowa. I think he's got momentum on his side. He nearly won the championship. I, I, he's going to be one to kind of like, I feel like he can float around. I don't really know. He's one guy. I didn't really do a lot of research on for Texas, which like fault on me. You're overlooking him. He just told you not to do that. I know. I, I just, I, I wouldn't overlook him, but he's not in my ones to watch. I will say that. Why don't you throw that out there? Who are your ones to watch? Uh, two there's Penske two guys, boys. There's two guys. If you didn't have. Okay. McLaughlin and new garden. I'm going to put a award in there. McLaughlin. Yeah. All right. That's it. He, he, he had the race one. If it wasn't for Callum, I That's fair. I just don't trust him to take the IndyCar Oval Brigade again. I'm, I mean, he r- ran top. He was what fourth at Iowa in race one when he lost the cylinder motor, and then this he finished the podium the next week. Yeah, this is where I won you on the podcast. All right, so he's a better <laughs> oval racer than I'm thinking. He, this is my he's, fault. My fault to my lists in my head is I don't give guys credit until they have a win or two. He was also podium on Gateway as well. Fuck. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Josh I beat my think, ass there. Yeah. I definitely <laughs> think it's going to be interesting to see what he can do. Um, obviously, you know, the disappointment that he had from uh, St. Pete. And so now he's going to a spot where he almost won last year. So I, I'm intrigued to see what he does. And that's what, and that's why I'm putting a ward on the list as well. Cause he, the disappointment he had from St. Pete as well, when we're leading the race and having the, the motor bubble is what I like, like to call it. Um, and I won Texas in 21 and he was in last year in Texas. He started 11th was up to third and had a lap penalty for like, like improper pit maneuver. So they penalized him a lap and he never recovered. He was running third. He went from 11th to third. And I think it was like 50 something laps. So he's also on the list. And 
I mean, no, he's my favorite, but I'm not trying to be biased about it. I, I read the stats. I read the book. Um, I was saying, and, if you bring the stats, then that, that's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. And my dark horse, I think, which Caleb will put these out on the Twitter probably tomorrow, but uh, Renus VK will be the dark horse for me. Um, he, he led a couple laps on speed last year, ended up finishing eighth or ninth. Um, had a slow stop. I think he has shown speed. Obviously it's hard to go off of just one year, but when you choose the most recent year to go off of, I feel pretty confident that he'll, he'll be a top 10 contender. I like Renus. I think he's severely underrated. Um, for the team that he races for, he does very well. And I do think, um, the year that he got hurt when he got his groin injury or whatever, him getting hurt there, it cost him a ton of result based, uh, pride or status. He's yeah, way, he can't, way better he just than people fell... credit for he just fell under the radar kind of and like, obviously he's not for one of the big star teams like McLaren, Penske or Ganassi, but he definitely runs up there and competes with them. I'm going to let Graham Rahal know that you said that. We're buddies. Oh, okay. Or you won't go down the road. I do like, I do like Graham Rahal. Caleb and I argue about Graham Rahal, but every time I see Graham, I ask him about, Ohio State football. Uh, we had like a media luncheon thing when I was like 18 at Iowa Speedway uh, or around there uh, to promote the IndyCar race. And I'm like one of two media people that showed up. But uh, Caleb, you know Edward Williams. Mm-hmm. Like, Connor, you got to come. You know, we're, we're just going to have a fun time. Just chill, eat lunch. We'll get your bill. Like, you just come down and, and hang out. Uh, and I, I still don't know the point of them putting these on. Uh, in terms of like what they gain from it, but I gain a ton. So I really appreciate it. Uh, and I, like I was talking to Graham's PR girl for like 10 minutes and all of a sudden the uh, Ryan day had just gotten hired at Ohio state. And she's like, yeah, Graham loves Ohio state football. Like he'd just sit here and talk. So, to that. And so this was like more recent then I was like 2018. Oh, wow. 2019. It makes me feel old knowing that Ryan Day's been around that long. Yeah. uh, No, we talked to Ohio State football for like an hour and 15 minutes. That was the only thing we talked about the entire time. And every time I see him, I ask him about Ohio State. Uh, Later in the podcast, you'll hear me ask Logan Shuhart about Penn State. We're keeping two very opposite schools. They're in the same conference. Okay, but they like hate each other more than no, like. They don't. Yes, they do. Ohio State's biggest rival. Ohio State and Penn State are such a big rival. They're such a good rival. What about their, their games are always close. What about Michigan? Michigan and Michigan State. I know Iowa fans give a lot of shit to Ohio State because it's the only damn big school they can beat in football. Yeah, I don't know why Ohio State always just tanks versus them. It's, it's anyways. But reverse. <laughs> Anyways, back, big Graham Rahal fan. Graham Rahal has won at Texas before, therefore he's my dark horse. Just talked myself into it. Back in what, 1983? 
2016 or 17. I think it was 17. Um, yeah, because he he almost because that was the one where he celebrated early and almost lost it. But that happens. Like you, you can fault him. Like at that point, you knew he had it. So like, I'm, I'm gonna make fun of Sheldon Hodenshield later in this episode. But Sheldon Hodenshield was at Houston, I think, and thought the checkered flag had come out. And it was the white flag, and he realized that the race was still on, and he turned on the Jets and still won the race. Uh, so like Tyler Reddick and Holmes damn said. close. Yeah, I mean the leaders were damn close at the end. Like it just happens. Uh, he won the race. Like then you can talk about it. That's the funny thing is like there's a lot of those that I'm guessing. If you finish second there, you're not going to admit that in the post race interview. Yeah, I wouldn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do support Graham Rahal, and I obviously like if he were to win, I'd be like, yeah, I'm cool with that, because I always kind of like down on the low was cool. I, I didn't hate Graham Rahal. I didn't not like him. He was like one of those guys. If they won, I'd be like, yeah, that's a good win. And I thought he was gonna get. That. Indy 500 last year. I thought he was going to. He would have if his pit crew didn't suck. I'll I'll just tell him you think his pit crew sucks. <laughs> Noted. I'll get. Just, I'll get. Like, my, first, my first impression to Graham Rahal is I said his pit crew sucks. I think, and I haven't confirmed anything yet. I think. I think I'm going to apply for the Indy 500 and follow Graham and his team around and just see what. The days leading up to an Indy 500 are like. You Come know, find it. Would be unique. I think he's got some Ben Kennedy to him, uh, just in terms of his ideas and what he wants to do with IndyCar. And I, I hope to God IndyCar brings him on in the, an executive role, uh, a creative director of sorts when he retires from racing, because that dude's mind is amazing. Would, would be they really be cool? Would they be able to do that with him having like some type of? ownership in a team i mean look like look at denny hamlin like he just tells people what he thinks does he actually have ownership in that team? I'm, assu- I'm assuming he will I, yeah who knows either way but i mean yeah you can still talk to the car owners i'm reading a book right now about how they talk to the car owners too much and started fighting with them and then they split up into two different well states. well yeah but i'm just saying like if indycar were to bring him on I, I feel like that would create some complications. You're doing the bylaws thing right now, Josh. We need to get you off. We can rip the page out of the book. It's as simple as <laughs> just doing it. Just gone just like that. Nothing happened. So we got to publish a press release that says mandatory wear for races underwear. You now have to wear underwear. Didn't NASCAR do that like a month ago, two months ago? Well, yeah. I didn't, my delivery sucked on that, so my bad, but. (laughs) You just like delivered it and you were like, wait, that's right, right? No, I like said too many words. I do that all the time is I just like trip over what I'm going to say and then I put too many adjectives in there or something. Caleb still has not confirmed my question. It's okay. I, I mean, I, I know I they know. did at if some was, point in the calendar year. Yeah, it was, it was that. I don't know. I was trying to think about whether they said it had to be like the fireproof type or if it was just yeah. underwear in general. I'm no, pretty no, sure they it was just like, said you have to wear underwear. 
No going oh. commando. No, oh, that's upsetting. <laughs> I don't know if you can see anything through a fire suit anyways. No, but they check you know. they they check. Cup check. Listen, the the craziest thing I ever saw was uh and I, th- my guess is they probably do this a bit more on the dirt side. Maybe you can confirm. Well, I guess they, they might not, but, um, I was, it's, it's, listen, <laughs> doing you, what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I kind of talked myself out of it, but, um, so I was up for a ARCA, uh, Midwest tour. We talked about that, you know, a couple days ago, but, um, after the win, at a track, they immediately pulled the winner into a shed and closed the doors and had to have him basically strip down to his underwear to check for any traction control devices. And, uh, that if you weren't wearing underwear, that could get real awkward real quick. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say, I, I'm not of knowledge to any world of outlaws rules <laughs> that include that. That might be a dumber rule than the droop rule in late model racing, dirt late models. You don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's, it's how high the spoiler hangs from the ground. Um, and it's a massive, massive just conspiracy. Th- you know how I'm famous for jinxes. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, our buddy uh, that we sponsored in the million dollar race at Eldora, Ricky Weiss, uh, he one at Eldora, rightfully so. Uh, and then they did the droop rule test, failed it. Uh, they tried to say that ground wasn't level and they should measure it again. And they said no, because uh, that's Eldora. <laughs> horrible format, horrible damn way to determine a winner and a horrible post-race tech. Uh, great facility though. Thank you guys for having me. I'll be back this year. Hopefully as long as you don't listen to this, uh, to be fair, asphalt late models go through the same thing. So this is a rule in dirt racing where the cars are bouncing all the hell around through every damn turn they go through. Uh, and I tweeted like three or four times before they're like, uh, yeah, Ricky Weiss, uh, failed the droop rule. So, uh, he'll qualify 68th out of 68th tomorrow. Uh, and that's where he'll start in his heat race. Uh, good luck to him. And by the way, his win money is taken away. Yikes. And I just, I text him. I said, sorry, man, call me if you have time. He just never called me. Mm. I'm guessing his phone was blown up. Well, I probably like a month. Maybe, later, maybe he didn't want to talk about it. I told him about a month later and he goes, I'm still pissed. And I said, you think you're pissed. Yeah, I imagine he's probably the most pissed out of anyone. Oh, that was like my most famous jinx of the year. I do it like every, like that's why Cole Custer plus 2000 day is a holiday that will live on my head for a long, long time. I don't think I'll ever have a better call and I tweeted about it all day and I didn't jinx it for one time in my life. I'm just too biased for jinx. No, no, no. You, I, you have no idea. If I was to call as many, like trying to call my shots as I did the last two years, uh, you would just think I'm the biggest in it. The race results would change. Uh, cause drivers would inevitably 
uh, the engine would blow up. Uh, all of a sudden sitting in the lake at Daytona, like <laughs> unexplicable things that just go on. So let's get back to IndyCar. Who is the biggest pick to win this week? And do you go with Scott Dixon because he's experienced there and he's still got it? We know he's still got it. He's not, not going to be a, he's no. not twice there on purpose. He's going to be a title contender. He always is. That's just how good he is. He's like Kevin Harvick, but he doesn't have the Chase Elliott scandal to handle in his PR. Um, or do you go with Joseph Newgarden, who's been the hot driver on ovals lately, probably the most consistent, um, and just younger blood overall? I, I or do you think go with you, someone else, Josh? You, I'll, I'll leave it open to you. I will fade your scott dixon pick um i just don't think he i don't think ganassi themselves have the pace at uh i guess texas really i mean they've they won it in 2020 with scott dixon but they haven't had a podium since if I, if my knowledge is correct, they have not so, had a podium in the last two years. Let me know if I'm wrong. Is that three races? It would have been two. So 21 and 22. Okay. That's a pretty small sample size, Josh. I'm, I'm aware because obviously, like you said, you can't really 52 approximate entries. That's six. You months. can't, you can't count him out, but I'm not going to pick him as the lead dog. As you said, who's your lead dog? I think. I, I'm going to have to go with Dixon or, or award or not Dixon. I'm going to have to go with new garden or award. I just think that they single-handedly are going to be the ones to watch. They're the winners of the last two years. They have both obviously shown speed in the past and they've kind of been the two dominant oval guys in the last year. That's fair. I think if I had to pick one or the other, well, if I I'm more confident. I'm more three, confident in Newgarden's consistency. Yes, but I'm kind it, of with, pissed. I am kind of pissed after last year that Jimmy Johnson is in this race. <laughs> Any Jimmy Johnson on an oval would be nice. It's just like here's my deal. Um, and it's he he got kicked out of that Coda race, basically to no fault of his own, just broken car. <laughs> before the race even started. Like, that sucked. Especially with the road course, quote-unquote, ringers that were racing in it. Um, like, watching him in the Rolex 24 when I stayed up for 24 hours last year, it looked like the dude couldn't drive a car anymore. It looked like he was out of his prime. Agreed. And a month later, he was at Texas in an IndyCar, racing the best damn race of his IndyCar career. And I want to see him at Texas again. I... The it most fantastic, I don't even know how to word this. The best display of driving I think I've ever seen is watching him in person at Iowa just go to the third lane and pass cars three wide, like consistently. Now you're trying to make me think of the best racing. It, it was, it was one of the ballsiest displays of racing i've ever seen oh I, okay i remember the move i remember that alexander that, Rossi in the indy 500 in 2016 i'd put up there yeah i mean when you're you the team that this, hasn't really shown this. 
you can steer this back into IndyCar at Texas if you want. I'm I'm trying to remin- reminisce about <laughs> what I think is the greatest talented driver, Kyle Larson in a late model at Bristol Dirt last year when he got sent to the back. That was fucking sick. He got up to second and really mailed it mailed it in and tried to uh, tried to win the race and he's probably inches short uh and ended up finishing back in the pack a little bit uh, I, I just like knowing that the third groove hasn't really been a thing and then just immediately like even like i think that was in like a t- uh, 40 lap stint too i mean he just went to the top on old tires and just like ripped around like three wide back-to-back laps and it was and like he had a couple just, things that got him down late early in those races right yeah, he had a. I I want to see him on one of those oval only contracts. Right. Now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would make can sense get, considering that he's Daniel not really Suarez doing anything. Somebody for the weekend and get him in a car. <laughs> I don't know why you can't just make a car for him. Like half the teams are doing it for the Indy Five Hundred. So we need a third let Jimmy Johnson do it. That's the that's the whole battle. Like they need a third engine manufacturer, so you don't have to feel bad asking for another entry. Right. Because it's like, all right, well, uh, we could have Kyle Larson drive this or, uh, God, I can't. Uh, Quinn Hoof. Quinn Hoof wants to drive in the Indy 500. Uh, but we need one car. Uh, does it matter who it's for? And, uh, well, no. No, not at all. Because <laughs> uh, we're just giving you a car. And you're paying the same price for it. doesn't matter who's in the car. Because it really, like, doesn't. A Chevrolet or a Honda winning the Indy 500. I don't think anyone. I, I should take this back. Everyone on Facebook cares about it. No one else in the world. Uh, beyond that, it does. And you get a third manufacturer in there. Some of these teams are going to go use it. You think Ed Carpenter Racing wouldn't want to switch? Um. Yeah. I mean, I mean you might as well try something. That won't. That's the whole strategy of it. But some... yeah, you might as well try something at that point because right. I mean, you're a 20th place team with Renus VK in your car. That's the biggest yeah. part of that. Is he's good. You know, he's good. You're a 20th place team, and your driver's running eighth. Does Connor Daly race for them? Yes. Okay, that too. Because yeah, because he ran part time last year uh because i remember seeing ed carpenter race that car um a couple times or two i think the first time i was on tv it was because ed carpenter and sage crom are fighting on pit road when was that 2015 in iowa huh before my time how old are you 22 Okay, I'm 25. That makes more sense. Now. Yeah, it's not really before your time. It's just any cars hard. It was before. It was before my in- interest per se. Sure. Yeah. Because I was like 20, 20, 2010, 2011, a little bit of 2012, was gone until and then I like was kind. I kind of watched the Indy 500 like a time or two in between that and then 2019. Caleb took me out to Iowa Speedway, and ever since then, it's been a thing. So, like, and I jumped back into it. I love it. Um, two more memories I have uh, from racing. Uh, I can't remember the driver. Uh, now I can't remember the monster truck. 
but he raced in the 2000 World Finals uh, at Las Vegas at UNLV Stadium, a Sam Boyd Stadium, uh, and he did it without brakes. And I think he won a race. It was like Night Fire or something like that. Uh, was the monster truck name? I used to know that. I used to know that off the top of my head. The other one is just Dan Weldon. Anytime he ran a race car, fabulous. He wins in my book. Uh, Michael Nett in his Xfinity one. That too. Uh, <laughs> Brett Moffat in his championship one. I have the car on my shelf over there. Uh, I think Caleb's laying down in the garage now. Looks like he. He's still in his basement. But I don't know what he's doing. Right. I, uh, Who's your pick to, to win IndyCar? My pick <laughs> to win IndyCar? You can't count out Joseph Newgarden. I got Newgarden too. Josh, you got Pato? I'll take. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take Pato in this. All right. I I just it's so hard to bet against Newgarden. I mean, anything can happen. He may not win, but like most likely he's going to be the car to beat. So it's really not. If you're on the right app, you just scroll down to the next guy. That's what, that's what I'm doing. I mean, I'm going to be different. I'm going to be slightly biased, but also like, I know Pato's got the speed. I feel like he should have won St. Petersburg. He's on his revenge tour. My, I'm my, pick, my pick was award for that. And I'm going to stick to it. It's probably going to be a constant theme this year when it comes to picking him. But I mean, he should have won it. Got effed over by a like one in a million chance. And I, I've seen the speed that he carries at Texas the last two years. I'm confident. All right, Caleb. I have my proposals of situations that you said would be really hard to type up. I've got right. like eight here. Uh, about would you find me if I did this as a driver at your race? Well, wasn't it if I would suspend you? Oh, yes. It would be suspend, not fine. I, <laughs> oh, I boy. Fine on here. Um, okay, say under yellow, uh, I throw a couple of green peppers at a driver. <laughs> All right, I'm already out. Like, what? That's on, a suspension? Man. I don't. What if they land in the car and no one is harmed except for the driver? What if the car, what if those peppers cause like the throttle to get stuck or they get wedged in the pedals and it could create a dangerous environment for if, the driver? That's what his lawyer car? wants you to think when he's trying to sue you for breaking his neck. If you're throwing peppers at another driver, I'm just going to have a whole other conversation with I'll you. I'll do it from the top of the hauler, and I will land it in the window. Does it still count? I, you're not getting suspended for that. All right, sweet. All right, that's a pass. We're good. We're good on one. And I didn't even have to Point ask water. if it was red peppers or an onion or something different. Uh, okay. Um, I'll save that one for later. Uh, I, so I, I'm coming to pit road. And I bump my teammate to get him out of the way so I can go bump someone else. Uh, but he hits the NASCAR official uh, that actually called the false start on Brett Moffat at Knoxville. Uh, is that suspendable or not? Yes, that's the entire season. I completely disagree. Uh, I guess we'll draw that one up to a tie. <laughs> I will be the tiebreaker. They should be suspended for the entire year. <laughs> Oh my God! It's suspendable, and I have bingo. 
We had bingo 30 minutes ago, man. I'll, I'll I, have, I have a blackout on my card. <laughs> I'll rifle through these. Uh, can I throw a helmet uh, at a car under yellow at Bristol Motor Speedway? Uh, you're not going to get suspended for that. All right, bet. Okay. Uh, what about under green in a World of Outlaws race? Uh, I believe at Weed Sport in the Northeast. So you're still on pit road? Yeah, yeah. Just throw your helmet on the racing surface while the cars are still going. Oh, on the racing surface. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Under green? Yeah, Ooh. under green. Yeah, Sheldon Hodden should did that. Oh, I wasn't supposed to say that. <laughs> I was supposed to allude to that 30 minutes ago and just say this without his name. Uh, but I've forgotten to do that, and I'm not cutting it. Yeah. Uh, yes. You're getting suspended for that. All right, that. Okay. Um, he. Uh, by the way, I, he did not get suspended. Just want to put that out. I figured. Not saying I, I disagree with seemed, the World of Outlaws decision or anything like that. And I'm a big. That seems Jordan. like a dirt track thing to not do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eventful summer last year. Uh, okay. Um. All right, Caleb. I exit my car under a red flag. Uh, I convince the guy I'm pissed at to get out of his car under the red flag, uh, trick him into punching me first and then self-defense myself and knock him out. Uh, do I get suspended? Double suspension. Yeah. You throw a double technical? Cause it's, yes. again, that's it's a real P word move. I know we've cussed a lot on this podcast, but I won't call you that. Oh my goodness. These theoretical or something, man. I don't, you I said know. they'd be hard to come up with. It, yeah, it took me 35 <laughs> seconds. Honestly, just I've done that. Answer. <laughs> I'm talking about situations that like would actually happen. All of this from... stuff could happen at Bowman Gray tomorrow. No Lincoln it's, not, it's not impossible. <laughs> you put me in a car, I will get out of it under red and try to get someone out of their seat. Yeah, it, but again, it's, impo it's impossible. I promise it's, it's very possible. I got nobody's a set of words I can, I can say. Nobody's ever say, say car. Don't tell me to say the words, Josh. You don't want to hear like the lines I would be throwing out to get someone pissed off enough to get out of the car. Just, just say no balls. He'll do it. It's not impossible. Like I might have to take a knife and stab the left front and just be like, you got a flat left front tire up there, man. Like, why don't you get out and fix it? I'm, I'm just, I'm going to defer to NASCAR on that one. That's fine. Okay, same uh, situation as the last one, but uh, it says Hendrick Motorsports on my suit. <laughs> uh, if, it's, if it's me, yeah, then, well, I would defer to NASCAR, and then they're going to decide not to suspend you. That's the Are you deferring to NASCAR the or the... Yeah, I was going to say, or the appeals panel. Which one are you referring to? Because if you refer to NASCAR, then they're referring to them. If you go directly to them, they're probably still going to make the same decision. So, realistically, bad take. You're out. Next. This is the last one I got. I this one is more practical. This could happen. If I was driving, it probably would. I'm displeased with how a driver treated me on the racetrack. We've been rivals for a long time. So I take one of my own personal fire extinguishers. I go over there, spray the entire car in the pit, and then I take a selfie and I caption it, 
it's a winter wonderland. Does that get well, me suspended? Okay, no, so you get a fine. No one's over by the car. The car's sitting there by itself. They left it there on their own accord. Okay, here's my here's my thing on this. No suspension, however. That's fine. No, that's a win. That's it. No, no, well, end of the podcast. The way that you did it, no suspension. However, if you were to go on your podcast and talk about it, then you would get suspended. Does what I just said suspended. Like if I'm in a go-kart race and I do this, <laughs> at Hawkeye Downs. Why are we having go-karts at Hawkeye Downs? <laughs> well, because I want to race one. <laughs> I'm not going to ask him to drive a real car. Like, no. Connor, why do you have a giant fire extinguisher on the back of your go-kart? No <laughs> offense to Jeremiah Davis either. This is not a pro race. This is this would absolutely be me and my drunk friends. Oh, my Lord. And I don't have I don't have it on my car. I just walked over there. For, I, if you don't have a fire extinguisher in your trailer, what are you doing? And now I'm thinking to myself, I don't think I've ever seen one. On I, I was going to say. Out. Think, like, maybe like one or think, two. Caleb ever had one in his? And there's probably one in like the side compartments. Bro, I barely had a trailer, so. I was going to say, Caleb had a trailer with a motor in it, but no fire extinguisher. Caleb, I would put mine on the top of my car in disguise. It was like a siren. <laughs> I did have one race car that, that did have a fire extinguisher in it, so. Are you going to race that more or no? I currently have no race cars. I am currently in a money situation that I can't have race cars, so. He 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 sold all parts and labor of bare minimum motorsports. I also melted the motor on the last car I had. So for scrap metal? No, nope. like, it during a race. So that thing smoked did, for two hundred laps. Yeah. So we did a. You race an enduro with the motor that's only supposed to be running for ten minutes. Is that what? Did you take a drag race motor to the enduro race? Well, so here's the deal. We had, it was 200 laps and 50 laps in, uh, the car started overheating. And I had, I remember this Facebook post. Yep. I had a decision to make whether I wanted to, you know, pull it in and give up or hear it out and, you know, see if I could make it to the end. Okay. I just want to say like, It's not giving up. <laughs> the motor's just not going to make it. Yeah, it's not giving That's up. It's not just, giving up. I don't want to catch on fire. That's the and whole... John Cena says never give up. That's not <laughs> what he means. It was, it was great, though. So I so for 150 laps, I basically had to baby this thing to get it to the finish. Oh, that and wouldn't even be... I've tried to baby cars on video games, and it gets not fun after three laps. It's, Coda, it's, it's like a third of a lap. Yeah, uh, it was a patient. He babied thing. it to a top twenty, and then uh, well, top so, twenty in F one every fucking time. Uh, <laughs> you yeah. just have to Wait. not rack. Um, so in the in the last couple laps, it really started to um, want to crap out. But then I I made it. I pulled it in the pits, and as soon as I came to stop in the pits, it was just smoke, just like completely filling up the sky. It was. I bet you wish I was around to give you the Winter Wonderland caption. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, that was that was a good time, and I got a trophy for it. So, what what did you finish? Uh, I won the trophy for the best theme. So um, it was an idea I actually came up with where we give. Um, <laughs> well, this feels like a conflict of interest. 
it was well here's the best part this absolutely feels like i wanted a trophy so i made an award for our team (laughs) we're gonna keep doing it the the other races so i started it the year prior and um i was no longer working there when i got the trophy so um yeah it was kind of funny because i did end up you know getting it but yeah we came up with a we have a different theme for each enduro um, and then the best like themed car. We, we When's the next week. Hawkeye Downs in Enduro and what's the theme? The 16th and it is NASCAR themed. You told us that the last podcast. Now I remember. Yep. Yep. I cannot. I will state, I will state is not, is not, it was not favored in him. Cause I'm the one that I'm the one that did it. I, I painted the car. <laughs> oh, I, he painted it. He painted it all black, and I did the the award. I I never give Caleb one of those. I literally said, "He's." I was like, "We need to do this neon because it was neon themed." I was like, "We need to do this," and he painted the car black, and I took over from there. Okay, first off, you act like me painting the entire car was not something. Okay, but it didn't match the theme. I did the theme. Well, yeah, but it was still work. <laughs> I, mean, I still painted part of it. Like you act like I was the theme neon. The yeah, it was yeah, neon theme. yeah. You just do a cold trickle scheme and then you're done. That's boring. That's lame. Why is that? Well, I put glow sticks all over it and spray painted it with neon paint and then used reflector tape the as the number on the cold trickle car. That sounds no, like too much work. That's so bad take. Minus a point. So unoriginal. Jeez. <laughs> we like to be original in this house i dude if if we sat down and tried to come up with a paint scheme for someone with a given set of parameters i guarantee you it would look night and day different <laughs> like i almost I mean, want that as a challenge if anyone wants us to design a paint scheme for them i will color it in crayon that would be okay. my first draft yeah but here's the difference you can't just copy somebody else's like you can't just be like, oh, this is it's Jeff not a Gordon. copy. It's called a throwback. Now that looks way better than the one I remember on Facebook. That looks really good, actually. Is that Josh? Did you just send it to him? No, he, he showed it on the camera. Oh, they didn't pay attention. Well, no, I'm on, since I'm on my phone, I can only see the person that's speaking. But this no. is great, great podcasting. Josh, speak. Oof. Oh, no, never mind. It's fine. You you drove the car. You've seen it. Well, yeah, but that's why I was just confused on how he was showing it. The first thing you showed me looked sick with the name on the quarter panel. And then we had to put the snake on there because that's a, well, that's a whole, that's a story for another day, but. This podcast is already going to be really long. uh, So we'll, we'll do it the next one. Maybe next Wednesday. I'm sure. Cause I mean, we, we've been going for an hour and a half, so. Yeah, I know. And we, the interviews behind this and me and Damon are behind this. So for that, I think it's time to wrap it up. I do too. Uh, if you guys are listening, uh, please enjoy uh, Logan Shuhart, World of Outlaws driver, uh, ahead of this weekend's Texas Outlaw Nationals. And you're about to hear uh, about half of the big races he's won in his career uh, from me. And I uh, hope you guys enjoy. Thank you. All right, guys, we are now joined by Logan Shuhart, the 2020 World of Outlaws runner-up finisher, 2020 and 2021 Jackson Nationals champ, the 21 Gold Cup champion, uh, and also the 2022 Knoxville Nationals hard charger. I was going to put 
an extremely big amount of stats in that intro if Damon was on here just to get a reaction out of him because uh, Bill does such a great job prepping us over here. But how's it going? I appreciate that. It sounded good. <laughs> you have you have plenty of them. Yeah, thank you. We we're a little slow right now, but I think we'll get we'll get better. We were tires are screwing us up a little bit, I think, and um, not so strong here lately. But still a strong start in Florida, and uh, we've we've done it in the past. So we put ourselves in holes and kind of worked our way out of them, and uh, had some good runs and started running really well and winning races. So that's what I hope happens. That's a huge uh, thing right now with the new tires. What are kind of the, I guess the differences to the casual fan, what would be the things that kind of stick out most for that? Uh, I think these tires roll the corner a lot better. They seem like they're a little harder. They're not wearing as much as what the old tires did. Um, they also don't stand, stand the car up at the apex of the corner as much as what the old tires did as far as what I feel. Um, the left rear of the sidewall being a little softer. Um, it's not as stable down the straightaway as much. Um, seems like it allows you to get the wing back a little more since they do roll the corner better. Um, but it's just different. I don't know if you know how much our setups are going to change. Um, I don't feel all that bad. Like last week, I didn't feel all that bad, but it just didn't seem fast. So um, it just, just takes some changes. Maybe I'll change the cars around a little bit and um, just work with it. You know, we've only ran a few tracks so far. Uh, we were pretty fast at Lincoln, you know, our home track kind of, you know, similar setup as what we ran in the past. So I didn't, I didn't feel bad. We just got to work on it and, you know, as a team kind of go back and forth on what we think would make ourselves better and kind of go from there. How big of a adjustment is that? Do you think that is going to lead to a little bit of kind of parity or kind of weird results early on in the season as guys get adjusted to that? For some of us, like it seems like Jake and I aren't adapting as quick as, you know, it seems like, you know, maybe certain other people's cars are just better as far as, you know, adapt, adapting to these tires, you know, um, you know, it seems like Brad Sweet, David Gravel, Carson Macedo, which were fast in the past on the old stuff, there didn't take them any time to adapt to the new stuff. They're fast right out of the gate, you know, at Lincoln and, and so on. So, um, Myself and Jacob qualified really well in Florida. I don't think we were out of the top five really uh, in Florida uh, on the old stuff. And then since we've run the new tires, I haven't qualified in the top 10. So um, that's definitely, you know, even if we get the car feeling better in the A main to the heat races, you got to qualify good with the, the outlaws. So we got to figure it out and be a little bit better, you know, at that part. And I feel like, you know, we get to go to Devil's Bowl this weekend. It's a track that Jacob and I have both felt really well in the past. You know, uh, we won there three years in a row. So it'd be a good test for us to see if, um, you know, how our cars will racetrack there and, you know, what I feel inside the car. With how you guys have kind of come up on the World of Outlaws Tour, I mean, both your paths there are drastically different than everyone else on the full-time tour almost this year. Uh, does that kind of like weigh on you at least early on with this tire stuff that, you know, these guys seem to be more adapt with it. Does that get in your head when you're rolling back in the pits and you're not top 10 in qualifying? Um, I wouldn't say it gets in my head. I more get frustrated with myself and want to figure it out. Um, they're a great group of guys. I work their butts off on this car. Um, Brendan Column. 
uh, Lonnie, Judy, Greg Libby have been helping me out this year and they've been working their butts off. So it more just bothers me that I can't get those guys in victory lane because they deserve it. And um, so more, more or less just frustrated with myself. You know, I am some of these guys, they got crew chiefs that have been out here for a long time. They're very smart guys. Um, I kind of fit in the middle there somewhere, kind of try to be my own crew chief. And I feel confident driving. I feel like I'm making good decisions on the racetrack. Um, but as far as setting up the cards, you know, we ran Talladega short track last week and, uh, Every time we went out, we were making changes, and I felt like no matter what I did, I just couldn't get the car to go. So um, that that kind of falls back on me. So it's just, just a learning experience. You know, I, I do get frustrated mostly with myself. and uh, But it's nothing, you know, it's, it's two races. So we're still in a good spot. We're fourth in points. We're still in striking distance. It's a long season. So we're going to keep plugging away and try to get back in. Uh, like I said, go to some tracks here coming up that we felt good in the past and have some confidence. Hopefully it turns out in our favor. Yeah, and despite that, um, seven top tens in your last eight races, uh, despite not qualifying in the top ten there with the new tire stuff, and then you go to a track you've won at three times, as you said. Does that give you a little bit of confidence kind of going into this weekend uh, in a big stretch coming ahead? Sure, I think it does. You always like going back to tracks you run well at in the past. So we've we've run really well there. I feel like we know the racetrack well, uh, kind of how it races, you know, as the night goes on, how to qualify. It's one of the most unique racetracks that we run in the country. Um, it has a lot of history to it, and this might be one of the last times we get to run there. So, um, you know, we're hearing that we might go back in the fall, but sure, we want to, you know, my grandfather ran well there. I've won three race, three Texas Nationals there. So uh, I'd like to get this thing back in, in victory lane. And, you know, it would be awesome if we could do it at a place like Devil's Bowl where we've had a lot of past good past history. What's uh, what's happened with Devil's Bowl to kind of educate the common fan? And I haven't heard too much about it, but is it go probably going away after this year? We heard it was going away last year. And then uh, they tried to get a fall race and that didn't happen. And then, uh, we heard we were coming back, you know, for, for this weekend and then um, that that was probably going to be the last one. And now we heard that we're going to come back in the fall. So who knows? You know, that goes on with a lot of racetracks. It kinda, it's kind of sad to see that, you know, racetracks keep going away. Um, but somebody must be fighting it and wants it to stay around. So hopefully, um, you know, especially a place like that that has a lot of history to it, you know, hopefully it can stay there and uh, we can keep racing there for years to come. And you're in a car with uh, some of your crew and Jacob as well. I was going to ask you, but for both of you guys, if Jacob wants to answer one question, what what is your... He's not in here. What's that? J Jacob's not in here. Oh, who's in the back seat? You just squint a little bit. It looks like Jacob. That's fair. What's up, Trent? Is it Trent? Yeah, Trent Gower. is back. Your screen is so much smaller on my laptop, it's funny as hell. Well, Trent can answer it too. Oh, okay. If there's one problem with these tracks that are kind of going away, seemingly one problem to fix, what would you fix about them? Streaming-wise, back gate, stuff like that. I think it's just about, like, when you have a race, then, you know, it's like a big 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 race i mean like that's what fans want to see like they want to see like the big races that have history behind them that you know pay money 
um, that ends up turning into something that, you know, fans are just, you know, like they just want to show up and see the best drivers race for high paying races. And, you know, I think some of the tracks that go away, like they don't really have an event that is like, wow, like that's something that I want to go see. Like that's going to pay a hundred thousand. I think, I mean, obviously every track can't do that because, um, like they might not have enough seating or like they don't have a sponsor to be able to get the pay up or um, obviously there's other factors that go into it. But I think the tracks that have events that are must see events every year that, you know, every year fans, you know, might take off work for it. You know, every driver wants to win that race. That's something that they want to have, like to say, like, you know, if we can win one of these six, seven, eight, nine races, you know, that's like a goal to win one of those. And, I think if you look at the tracks that are going away, like they don't have that one key event that stands out on their, uh, you know, season. And that's big with uh, keeping the weekends consistent on schedules too, right? Um, yeah, I would say so. If you guys heard that, that was Trent Gower. He's the World of Outlaws photographer, does an insanely great job. And I paid for a cheeseburger of him once. He still owes me for that. <laughs> oh yeah, my bad. Man. Free you that. can get me back at Dingus this year. It's all good. All right, man. That's <laughs> funny. See, people don't forget. <laughs> yeah, I'm a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> Logan, what what do you think? Do you kind of concur with that, or is there kind of other issues for some of these tracks that they just can't get a big race like that? Yeah, you're gonna have you know certain tracks, especially if you know they're real small. They're not gonna be able to draw a big crowd to be able to have big races. Um, like you said, I don't know what's going on at Lincoln Speedway. You know, they're having less races with flow this year. And um, I know the drivers were all, you know, getting together about trying to get some of the pay-per-view stuff um, back, you know, streaming stuff back in the team's pocket and that. So the racetracks probably have the same problem. You know, you got to make sure that, you know, revenue is kind of spread out and everybody's getting their fair share. So, you know, some of it's just, you know, times that we're in, you know, the places that they're at and people are – don't want racetracks there. So they're going to make it tough. You know, Calistoga Speedway, it's one of the most scenic racetracks and that we've gone to in California and, you know, right in Rico's backyard. And, uh, you know, that's mainly the town doesn't want it there. So we, uh, we, uh, it, it's, you don't want to see it, but you know, something that as race fans and people have a lot of passion for the sports going to, it's going to happen some. And not to, I like keeping it light, but not to get too controversial, but with that, streaming conversation and everything i know there's been kind of a battle between teams don't want to give up their revenue numbers and then tracks don't want to give what they earn from streaming where do you kind of stand with all that yeah i don't know it's kind of funny i kind of uh, i mean i don't know what to say as far as i mean i'm on the outlaw side i want them to be the, the biggest and the, the baddest i feel like that's where the best drivers are and they're going to be you know and they're not they're going to protect themselves and, and I don't blame them. I do feel like they should share um, the dirt vision numbers more, you know, especially as far as race teams go. I know, you know, on a, on a personal side, as far as, um, you know, sponsors and that they want to know where, how many people are watching, you know, we can promote that to, to sponsors and people like Dryden and Duramax that we can say, Hey, this is how many people are watching, uh, throughout the year. And, you know, when the outlaws don't give that to you, it makes that kind of tough to, you know, tough to sell those sponsors, you know, with, with how many people are watching. So I see both sides of it. Um, 
it's just it's, it's kind of a tough deal but it, it's great to see the sport growing you know they are giving back a little bit this year with the the point fund money and and all that and uh, what we're going to get with, you know, racing some for some more money with big races or racing a million dollar race, even though that has nothing to do with uh, the outlaws. But um, yeah, no, it's great to see the sport grown. Absolutely agree with you. And I think a lot of racers feel the same way. Talking about sponsors a little bit, you had take five on your wing this week uh, for kind of an alternative alternative sponsorship deal. Has anyone mistaken you for Donnie shots yet with that? <laughs> no, it lines no up as the numbers one and five i was so confused when i looked at the scheme i'm like man that that's gonna get me during the race and i'm gonna know it's your car but also just yeah the five s does so um between them and uh i guess federated auto parts is hopping on for six races later this season too what's it like to have partners like that that you can run a couple races uh with some alternative schemes and have more sponsors on your car yeah, you know, take take five has come around with the partnership with Duramax and Drydeen, and it's it's been awesome. We met with them in Orlando, uh, kind of met the CEO down there, and and you know the partnership that those those companies have, and we can represent them on the racetrack and and have some of their customers and employees come out to the track has has been special. We did it the other night um, in Mississippi, so it was really neat. Um, Federated Auto Parts is is the new deal this year, and uh, we've been happy to have them on the car. They've been a big part of dirt track racing, you know, with I-55, you know, Kent Schrader, and uh, decided they want to be part of uh, sprint car racing. So very fortunate that they chose to, to partner with us, and uh, we can represent them on, on our car. And it looks like you're in a parking lot about to go to the restroom. I'll, I got two more for you if you got time. Sure. All right. Penn State's coming off the Rose Bowl. 11 and two season. What's ahead this year? What's your season predictions? Oh, I, I think they're going to be good. They're going to have a tough time beating Ohio state just like they do every year. But, uh, I think they're going to be pretty similar to what they were last year. So I'm not, I'm a big Penn state fan. I'm not one that knows every single player and all that. I used to be when I was, um, in high school, I used to know all the players, but not racing 90 times a week. Yeah. I got more responsibilities now. <laughs> Are you James Franklin guy? I like James Franklin. Uh, he's a great recruiter. I'm not sure about his uh, – when he gets the pressure on, I think he folds a little bit sometimes. But um, I like him as a coach. He seems like a cool guy. And then last thing, Damon couldn't join us for this interview. We're all very disappointed. you have a message to him and his big Jacob Allen fandom uh, in the Shark Racing Stable? Who's that? What's that? My, my co-host Damon couldn't join us. Do you have a message for him? He's, he's a big Jacob Allen over Logan guy. I need you to send him a message. Well, hey, if if I'm not going to win, Jake Jacob's the next best option. So as long as you're rooting for Shark Racing, he can't go wrong there. So I can't give, give him too much crap. Perfect. Well, thanks for taking the time, Logan. We really appreciate you having you on, and uh, good luck this weekend at Devil's Bowl. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. All right, guys, you just listened to our interview uh, with driver of the Shark Racing number 1S, Logan Schuhart. Damon uh, conveniently had me record this other segment with him so he could still claim he was on the episode and was not cowarding away from a <laughs> Logan Schuhart about who's the better Shark Racing driver. Yeah, uh, that, was, that was exactly how we planned this out. Uh, did not want uh, anybody to think that you know, I was sitting in the background or anything like that. What is this podcast with accountability anyways? 
Well, we don't need, we don't need that in our room. We we haven't. Yeah, we haven't got a whole lot of it anyway, so we might as well, you know. Logan, I did, I did ask for the public answer from Logan, and I'll give you the off-the-air answer later, but he, he just said at least you're cheering for Shark Racing, and if you don't want him to win, at least you want Jacob to win. That's exactly it, yep. Well, no response. Okay, he's left Damon Spice. I said, I said that's it. Yep. All, right. All right. I agree. I agree. So um, you haven't listened to the interview yet because it's not even up for you. I probably could have sent no. it to do prep for this question. Uh, basically, Logan said he, it's taken those guys a little bit more time to get adjusted to the new uh, Hoosier tires. Um, they're successful at Devil's Bull, um, as we just you guys just heard this. I'm just recapping some stuff for Damon. Um, they're really good at Devil's Bull, so it's kind of a testing weekend of like where where's the bar at for. Logan Schuhart, Shark Racing, everybody involved. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, they're good there, so I think the bar's pretty high, right? Like, that's a, a track that they, they generally run run well at. I don't know. I mean, if you look at the stats, he hasn't qualified in the top 10, like, seven, eight races, but he's finished top 10 seven of the last eight races. Right. They, they find ways to move. I think a lot of it comes down to, for them, being able to qualify and run well in their heats. Uh, if they can do that, then I think, um, and that's where that extra bump comes from. Right. I think that's where that bump comes from. I think if, I think you could see them contending for a win, uh, if they qualify better in their or run better in their heats, qualify a little bit better as well. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Oh man. Excuse me. I just hiccuped a little bit. Uh, David Gravel comes in with the points lead. Uh, Logan's 50 points out in fourth. Buddy Kofoid's actually uh, technically in fifth in the standings. I don't think he's – is he running full-time? I uh, don't believe so. I don't but think he is. I'm thinking of Geo, and I'm getting confused for no reason at all. Yeah, it's hard this telling. Is, I need to do better at this. This is like when I was growing up playing roller hockey, like going to ice hockey, like really screwed me up for a long time. Um, even going back was tough, like – vice versa. Um, and I just got done writing an Iowa state football story. And so I'm now I'm second guessing all my racing knowledge. Well, you shouldn't do that. I know first and foremost, stop doing that. But anyways, buddy Kofoid, excellent start to the season for him. I know Logan wants a championship after finishing runner up, uh, in 2020. Um, and that's always going to be their goal. That's just going to be what they strive for. And, um, got to start turning up the gas cause you can't get too far behind early on. Do you think that do you think that we're gonna start seeing uh some more new faces come to the forefront here as the middle part of the season comes in? Yeah, the we were talking about that a little bit. Logan kind of believes we might see some more parody early on this year, and the World of Outlaws already has a good amount of it, as we know. Um, but with with this new tire, it it could give us some now we haven't noticed a ton of it, mainly because Teams like David Gravel and uh, Carson Macedo uh, and Brad Sweet, all of them have kind of taken it with ease, taken it by storm. What, what uh, am I trying to say? What am I? What phrase am I trying to pull up? Take it by storm. Well, take it in stride. There we go. There you go. I got there. Uh, what? Uh, what? What has? Um, 
what did he have to say about the new tire in itself? A, as to why they're slow with it, and B, just in general, racing-wise? It's it's a lot different. It rolls the corner different. Um, he went into a lot of detail. I did the interview Tuesday night. It's now Wednesday afternoon. Um, but it rolls the corner different. When it gets the apex, it kind of, there's less get-off on it, it seems. And there's, you know, ways you can set a car up to fix that or take it away if there's too much and different things like that and a lot of with any i mean a lot of battles you take when you're putting on a new tire is figuring out how to set up a car that complements that tire so i think it takes some teams less time and think about like how many practice laps the world of outlaws guys run it's not asphalt racing you're not out there for 50 laps you can't take the data and manipulate it um, that easily. You know, your practice session is five laps long and hopefully the track is good enough to get something out of it. If not, you have qualifying. Then you have a heat and maybe a dash. So you got like 18 laps combined there, depending on track conditions and any of those races. And then you have the A. And at the end of the night, you're kind of sitting around 40, 50. um, But it's one night on one track and the track the next day is going to be way different. Mm-hmm. So it's just a battle, I think, and it in I guess this is more in theory. Um, some of those guys you can get lucky and hit hit on something and and take that and run with it. Um, and sometimes it just takes a little longer to get there. Yeah, I mean, I think you go back to the the old adage too. You're going to see a lot of you're going to see a lot of parity early, but the the best cars will still rise to the occasion absolutely um one one more thing uh donnie shots currently seventh in points 98 out of first is he a title contender still um i, I mean i think so I'm not saying he isn't I want that i i would say so i mean it we're still early in the year They're, they run these things 90 times throughout the season like i i think that you can go on a on a little bit of a run and be be okay so um I, I think he's he's fine. Yeah, um, I would say the same thing. I was looking at a couple. Of I mean, I I don't think I don't think you can count out a bunch of people yet. Like there's there's guys even further down that I would say have still still of a chance. Obviously, you want to get going as soon as possible, but I still think that you're you you can't count anybody out after what they've run. 10 events, eight events. Okay. So eight events, um, out of a 80, 90 race schedule. Yeah, you're absolutely right there. We'll see what happens this weekend. You guys can catch that race. Uh, the Texas outlaw nationals going on Friday and Saturday night at devil's bull speedway. Um, hope you enjoyed that interview. Um, and yeah, if you're not a dirt vision subscriber, it's worth it. It's a fun, uh, fun product to watch the outlaws all year and if you can't afford that look into flow racing if you're looking to get into dirt stuff i know we talked some indycar on here um, and we talk nascar every week and stuff but i uh, hope you guys enjoyed logan he's a great dude um damon you want to do nascar or nhra uh you tell me which one do you want to go first we'll go nascar and we'll end with the pretentious nhra segment this sounds sounds good so short track package this weekend we saw much better much better results from the road course package um even you know throw away the end of the race whatever your thoughts are i don't understand really how that's getting so much play this week it's all anyone's talked about i want to talk about richmond it's 
the supposedly went to work on this package. They changed something to make them better on road courses. I want to see if it's going to help the short tracks. Uh, and Richmond is definitely a good test for that one uh, based on what we've seen there the last five to seven years. Yeah, I mean, I think they they tried something at Phoenix too, if I'm not mistaken, right? And they run this package at Phoenix. I think so. But I, Phoenix is so weird. It's just like... But I, I think my I think it's from NASCAR heat come out because I hate driving Phoenix and it's always yeah. the championship. Yeah, it is always the championship. It's, you it's are correct. It's like one of your competitors is going to be good there and I'm not. You should get better there. I know. It's the only track I have to get better at. It's taking me off. I would say I would say this is this is going to give us a reason or at least give us a, an idea as to what we can expect um, from Martinsville the next week. Right. Like, I think you can't really judge a whole lot on it for Bristol because Bristol is not a not running this package and B it's a whole different, different type of racetrack um, when they go in and run um, at Bristol, but this gives them an opportunity opportunity for for the martinsville races both in the in the spring here and in the fall are you talking about I bristol dirt think, or were you saying no. the package doesn't relate because bristol's a different track no so, yeah the second when they okay. go when they go run in the summer the package is not being ran in the summer at bristol excuse me damon september 19th is not the summer that is the fall that's football. okay the september first day of football season is when fall starts it's it used to be the the summer race at bristol so okay. i forgive you anyway anyway um i i do think that uh you will see you'll you'll see and i a little bit better uh, a little bit closer a little bit easier to pass but i i still you, you, you got to see what's going to happen first i think um it'll be interesting you can say that it it fixes something but then it I mean, we, we saw what happened with some different things. You're not going to be able to fix everything. And if it's still cold, it is not going to fix anything. We've found that out as well. Yeah, you're absolutely right. These cars do not drive well in the cold. There's something about them one way or the other that cold weather is just... Well, it's the tires. I mean, it's there's so much surface on the tire being put on the racetrack and you're creating so much amount of grip so when every car is identical then it's it's going to be slot cars because every car is identical every car setup supposed to be the setup the same every car has everything about it that's the same and so when you're creating that much grip it goes to drag racing is a prime example of this cooler temperatures in drag racing you create a whole bunch of grip and as long as the air is is then cars are going to go fast yeah, you're you're definitely right about that. Um, what is your prediction? It's tough for us, As, right? Like, is it going to yeah. go well or not? I I mean, or give me a comment. I'm gonna say, that might be better. I would say probably. Um, I would say like six or seven, to be honest with you, just because Bristol's bit or not Bristol, Richmond's been so hard to pass at in the past anyway. Like it's a difficult place to make something happen. This is, you know, going years upon years back, like long, long before um, we had even the last two generation cars. Uh, it's just a hard place to, to make passing. So um, 
we're, we're striving for something at Richmond that I don't feel is possible because of the way the track is set up. I do think, I do think it will create closer racing though. Like, I do think we're going to get back to the, you know, the bump and runs a little bit. We're going to get back to, you know, being, being closer in, in that sense, which I think is part of the reason they want to do this package. Plus it also gets the, uh, gives the drivers the ability to drive the race car instead of just hold the steering wheel. It's really like just the only thing they need from having a good package is the ability to bump and run. You know, that was the main right. thing from that last year was just the leader was the leader and you weren't going to get up and get enough momentum to pass him. You couldn't create an air bubble with these cars. Right. You know, you couldn't, you couldn't break through that air bubble and, uh, and get close enough. Anytime you did, it just slowed your car down. And lastly, I hope we see some more tire degradation, but nothing tells me we're going to. Uh, so I could just be wishing to nobody preaching to an absent choir. I don't know. Yeah, basically. I'd like more tire degradation all the time. All I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, you know, it's, it's not a track that is, is suitable for it. And yeah, I just don't see it happening. All right. NHRA time. Now I remember you were talking to me, I think it was last week, right? And you were talking about how the ratings for the NHRA right up there with the Xfinity and the truck series. Mm -hmm. I've got some numbers from this weekend. All right. Uh, 815,000. Mm -hmm. 695,000, 324,000. Okay. Which one of those was the NHRA? Well, based on your tone of voice, I'm going to guess the 300,000 is the It was the, the last one. I hate, I hate to say it. Uh, I just, I wanted to give you, and I told you so since you did it to me last week. Rightfully so, right? You were right last week. I don't want to keep a score. I, I know I was right. Because then I'm going to be cheering for low ratings, and I don't want to do that either. Exactly. Uh, I was, uh, I was um, at um, the Tom Wilkerson stuff before we got on. Uh, Tim Wilkerson. And I found that. What did I say? Tom? Tim. Tom. Tim Wilkerson. Yep. It's Tim. Yep. My bad. Um, so this guy got fined $5,000 for shoving an official. Um, and the, the deal, I guess, is there's no video of it no one seems to have video and a ton of people are getting there can i ask can i ask where did you see this at oh did i not send it to you here no because i literally am looking on the nhra's website and they would post something of the sorts and i cannot find it yeah i cannot find it i mean they might be why was i was going to twitter search your name for some reason Wilkerson. An answer. We're just going to go on a quick Twitter dive here. It's interesting. I mean, I obviously, so I didn't get to see any of the event uh, this weekend. I was just, I was so busy with everything else that I had going on. So I wasn't able to see any of the event this weekend, but uh, it's very interesting knowing Tim and, and him, but it says it's a member of his team. So it obviously wasn't Tim that did that but um yeah i don't know it's interesting that we haven't seen it come out from anybody else other than just the one source but uh i guess that's generally how things like 
this go. And I've seen a couple of my friends tweeted about it. So my buddies that also watch arena football or indoor football, I should say it's dollar in the swear jar. Um, it, it sounds like there's a tinfoil hat conspiracy on there. Just that not having a video, like no one has a video of what happened, which is fair. Uh, I would also say like, you, he might've shoulder shrugged him, you know? I think the other thing is there's, there's so much space where we don't see uh, crew members and uh, officials interact. Obviously the staging lanes don't always have cameras. The pits don't always have cameras. You know, it's not like where you're sitting at a NASCAR race and there's cameras that pan the entire facility. Like these facilities are massive that they run at. And it's not like that they're going to sit there with a camera staring into each lane of, of pit road or into the pit stalls every single time. So, um, I'm not surprised that there's no video of this. This isn't, I mean, we've had racing incidents like this before for fines or things like this, where there's been crew members okay, well, getting well, involved. I am and the NHRA members. has some answering to do. Wait, does that, does that NHRA media person follow you on Twitter? Uh, this one that you sent? No, 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 no. The, one from the NHR. Never mind. I won't say that. They don't have answering to do. I mean, I, I don't, I don't foresee it because I, I was trying to, I was trying to stir you up. That was the whole point of oh, the, no. the penalty. No. Uh, and I didn't, I did not succeed in any, any of my events. I, I don't think it's a big, as big of a deal. I mean, if, if, if there was something that happened, then yeah, it should be a fine. Uh, obviously it's, he said, she said stuff. And when you're an official, you have the, the blue shirt on, unfortunately you get to, uh, your word goes a little bit higher than the drivers, whether that's right or wrong. I don't think that's right personally, but, um, sucks for that crew member and sucks for Tim, uh, because I do like Tim. I've known Tim Wilkerson for a really long time. And, uh, it, it sucks for, for him and his team. I think officials can be right in racing, uh, but case-by-case case basis there. As for basketball officials, college, NBA, no, never. Always yeah. wrong. So. Yeah. The, these officiating crew, what about the officiating crew that was at Knoxville last summer? Uh, last weekend? Or, no, oh, last you're summer. Talking about the NASCAR, yeah, the NASCAR officiating crew that did the Knoxville dirt race, the truck race, uh, that called Brett Moffat for jumping a restart zone, which isn't even painted on the damn track. Yeah, they fucked up. Yeah, see. I'm still pissed about it. I lost $85 of potential winnings on DraftKings, which I'm withdrawing mm-hmm. money out of this week. You you cost me $120 extra paycheck. Oh. Blank. Sorry, pretend I said unit for all those times I said dollars there. Just replace it. Mm-hmm. Blame, blame DraftKings. I don't, I mean, go into the Tim deal. And, I'm not blaming uh, DraftKings. It's definitely a NASCAR issue. Blame DraftKings because they knew. So they called NASCAR. Yeah, they, and they're they like, also, no. yeah. Probably. No, I, didn't, I just happened. think, I just think officiating in, in general, um, we start, we're seeing too much of, of the umpire show is the way I like to call it. Yeah. Um, it's, the best officials are the ones that understand that no one's there to see you. That was mm-hmm. the first thing I got taught when I was growing up being a hockey official. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. It um, is. The, okay. I got it. That's the other thing. Antron Brown. 
He's, we're buried in the standings. We're like seventh. That's not an Antron number. Antron goes to the top of the standings. What's going on with my boy? Uh, like I said, I didn't get to see much of it this weekend, but, um, is he good at, you know, is he good at Pomona? Uh, yeah, he's good at Pomona. That's a good track for him. I think, it? I think the other thing Top is you're starting to see a lot of, uh, I would say probably is this the fifth major. No, no. So the sixth. No. How big of a race is that? I thought Pomona was pretty damn big. Like the finals is not. Oh, is their the first, the first like race saying the Pepsi 400 sucks. It, their That's what you're doing to me to right now. Before. Not really. No, their first race used to be pretty good. Uh, but it, this year it's been moved from the opening race of the season to gotcha. now what the third race of the season. So it's a little bit different, which I kind of like it. I, I like starting the season at Gainesville and, Let's be honest here. The numbers in drag racing are continuing to go up. We've seen sold out crowds the last two weeks at both racetracks. And Pomona is another one of those that I feel is, is going to have another um, sold out crowd once again. So we'll, we'll talk um, TV ratings and stuff. You know, a we we can sit. I'm, I'm interjecting. Sorry. Mm -hmm. We talk TV ratings a lot on here. Um, Cause those numbers are just that they're numbers. Um, and it's hard to, you know, calculate uh, where, how many people went to a certain race. Um, it not exactly hard, I suppose. Uh, but official attendance numbers aren't exactly in a centralized location, so you don't get like, oh, that crowd was ninety-five percent full. You don't get any of that. You either get sellout or not. But despite TV ratings being down across a lot of sports and they were up in NASCAR all year last year. So you have to consider that with this trend we're seeing. They're down almost everywhere in terms of where they were year to year prior. The only thing that's rising are the really, really big events. Uh, but to have the sellouts we're seeing in both NASCAR and the NHRA, I think speaks a lot to how fans are turning out for these events, uh, especially that ones that are close to them. And hopefully stuff like that attracts people like NASCAR into coming to Iowa again. Sorry. I, I just connected everything we've ever touched on on the podcast. I don't know what's gotten into me. I got nothing for you on that. What, what was the thought? Yeah, and, uh, by the I way, I had to say it before. I, I, I just, you know, I, I think the, the biggest thing is, is for, for this is we're seeing growth in the NHRA. And I think a lot of it comes down to, uh, I think a lot of it comes down to the Tony Stewart factor mainly. And I think the other part of it is, is there's a lot of people that are, uh, promoting the sport more. So yeah, you can say your TV numbers aren't the greatest, but, um, you know, when, when you're stuck on FS one, basically every single weekend, um, you're and you're still within two to three thousand of the of motorsports second and third biggest uh um entities then yeah you're in pretty good hands but for your boy antron he is now in ninth place he is not in seventh um he is a nice in the points um i hate to break that to you but yeah he's he's struggling there's a lot of things, but that's the other thing too, is it's, it's two races into the season. Like it, it's literally what we're seeing at the, uh, 
at the the NASCAR level with the Hendrick guys after their penalties. You're still early in the year. They're going to be down in the in the standings to start. And uh, there's a lot of new combinations that are getting tried out as well. Yeah, you're absolutely right there. Now, Damon's at work, so I can't get him worked up. I figured that's a big disadvantage I have um, in this. Yes, yes. Is you there do. anything you wanted to add? Did you want to try to get me worked up with a hot take? Before we send the, I mean, there's not a whole lot. There's not a whole lot to get you worked up about. Um, not at least this week, anyway. There's a ton going on. I assume. So it's Wednesday afternoon. We're doing the first part of the show tonight. Um, I don't exactly know what we're talking about. I do, but we'll see what arises with Caleb and Josh. With their couple of fun guys, um, I assume we'll. I get. I get. Uh, I get bumped to the. I get bumped to the the uh, end of the end of the show shift, guys. It's okay. I couldn't put you before Logan's interview. You could have. No, I had to make it like you were the cowardly lion in the whole situation. Yes, yes, that's it. I wanted to, this is yep. part of my mission to make you look worse than me so that I'm the more favorable host. Fair enough. All right, well, you win You win the uh, the best host of the year. Well, don't just and lay I... down and take that. Give me, uh, come on. No, gonna. I'm going to lay down and take it at this point. Not a whole lot, not a whole lot I can say. As a big Columbia Cougars bowling fan, I'm not very excited with your tone as a coach. I really want to see some self-improvement. Well, I know you guys signed up yesterday. You did, the, you did the whole train thing. Can you talk about that? Yeah, we did. Uh, uh, we did did get another another commitment yesterday. So what's that your, was, what's was your big. vintage what's your vintage Chicago Cubs player comparison? Because you got your Chris Bryant already, right? <laughs> um. I'm not big on Chicago Cubs guys because I really don't Rizzo know. Guy? I don't know. I would say team? no. I would say this is more like uh, like when the Cubs brought in Ben Zobris to help him out during that World Series run. Okay, healthy um, relationship. We're, it's it's a transfer. Yes, healthy relationship. Ben Zobris. Um, no, no uh, not the form of Ben Zobris. I just make sure she's all good. I just care about yeah, athletes, no, Matt. care about your athletes. Yes. I get it. No, like she, she's she's that good. as the form of Ben Silverest. Wherever I did was it. going. <laughs> yes. Well, I had to knowing Ben Zobra's past. That's a World Series MVP. Just let her know high expectations for her. No, she she's good. It's a great transfer. We're getting getting some experience, which is what we need oh, right now. And hell yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also it's a community community no community college transfer. So no, she was that. out of community college years. Not that I know of, unless you're planning to start something up for me. I've been trying to. Yeah, well, raising hasn't funds, been raising hasn't panned out too well. In a hotel room for three days isn't as easy as you think. Uh, see, that's where you're supposed to do the yeoman's work. Yeah, no kidding. I uh, I just going crazy. So I, I don't like. Being, yeah, I can be in my like in my home for as long as I need, but like a place I haven't been, like, I don't like that. Oh, I don't mind some things like that. I just wouldn't be stuck in a hotel. Tell that to the Expedia guy. Well, I don't want to be stuck in a hotel. We'll put it that way. Exactly. All right. Thank you guys for listening. We'll let you go. Uh, Tune in to all the racing this weekend. It's going to be action packed. I think we got midget racing this weekend too, if I'm not wrong. might be next week. 
uh, we'll talk about it all on uh, Sunday night on the next episode. And I uh, hope you enjoyed this one. And uh, give a shout to Carl Auto Group on social media anytime you can. Thanks again for listening and have a great race weekend.